if you're looking for some straight-up marketing advice that's super chilled and also a bit of a laugh, then grab yourself a drink and get ready for Marketing and Margaritas, a podcast that makes marketing entertaining. Brought to you by Rebel Nation, direct from regional Queensland. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Marketing and Margaritas. Today we are talking marketing campaign basics and planning for your year ahead. We're getting excited for the end of year, but next year... Yes, we are. We're definitely (laughs) excited for the end of year and the break that's coming with it. But we're also excited about planning for next year and what we want to do with the business. And one of the things that we're doing is a marketing campaign. Yes. So we're not going to give you any secrets as to what that is yet. You'll just have to stay tuned. Um, But so we thought we would give you some insight into how we actually plan out a marketing campaign, at least the basics of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can look at what you've got happening next year and how you might want to promote it and get the best value for and strategic thinking out of doing that. Because it is a pretty set formula. Like no matter what the campaign is about sort of thing, it does follow a particular set of steps in a particular order each time. And it's what we do for us. It's what we do for clients um yeah so something that we can share with you guys so you can do it too so a campaign is where you actually put that strategic thought into what you're going to do around a certain message so you mean i just don't do marketing and (laughs) advertising willy-nilly all over the place what is this madness (laughs) i do a facebook post i I put up a facebook ad and i didn't get all the sales that i wanted i don't i don't understand why did that one thing just not work on its own yeah no so when you actually partner some activities together you know it makes a campaign and put some thought and effort into it and i mean really it's the world's your oyster the results man (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're going to bring you through the formula of what we look at first off the line is objective so we're going to what is the point of our campaign? Yeah, basically. So every campaign like needs to have a purpose. So what is it? What are your goals? What are your objectives? What is it that you actually want to achieve? So, for example, if you're going to be launching a new product, then of course you want sales. But if it's a new product, you kind of need people to know about it before they're going to buy it. So you want to generate awareness about the product and its benefits and then obviously get those conversions and stuff as well. Or if you're wanting to do a recruitment drive, you know, so you're going to be looking for new talent, but also you might think about, you know, wanting to make sure that you retain your current staff. So that could be another secondary objective is to keep the good people that you've already got um, and promote yourself as that employer of choice. So yeah, the first thing is really thinking about what is it that you want to achieve? What's the purpose of the campaign? Um, and you don't have to have something new to launch. Things. It could just be like, oh, I want to grow our customer base by another 10 or whatever it could, you know, that type of thing. And so it's like, okay, so, you know, how are you going to do that? Oh, well, we could reach new markets or we could, you know, set up a referral program or, you know, so it's just what is the actual what you know what are you actually trying to achieve and then everything kind of flows from that yeah so a lot of people throughout the year like especially if you're looking at retails or sale based markets they do like seasonal campaigns mm. so you know you've got you know end of financial year people are spending money um easter people are on holidays so um there's 
more shopping happening there's different trends in retail happening there people are moving around more so yeah they use these as their basis for their campaigns but their goal would be to increase revenue or to increase their customer base and mm -hmm. their product awareness so in the professional services field which is where a lot of our clients lie you also have there's definitely an end of year thing i feel like so we have a push you know of people wanting things by the end of the year so they've got it for the new year to start fresh if you're doing anything that's like a bigger campaign that you're going to be incorporating an event or something around or the event itself might be the campaign yeah. um, then that sort of February to April time is really good because that's when people are back and they're fresh and all that type of thing um, end of financial year is obviously another one that's quite a big push as well so there's still those kind of you know they're not as frequent as retail ones like yeah. you know we've got Christmas decorations coming out while it's the Halloween hasn't happened yet but um, so they're like overlap, but they definitely are still sort of seasonal, seasonal things in professional services as well. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So after objective, we look at target market. So this is where we can get our stereotypy, which we love in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> love reducing people to labels and putting them in their box. <laughs> Slash, don't do that to me. It's so rude. God, how do you? <laughs> so yeah, so obviously, you know, whatever objective you're trying to achieve you need to think about who is the audience that's going to help you achieve that objective. Um, so if it's product sales, you think who does your product appeal to? Who would be the most likely? I mean, if you're like, oh, everyone would love my kitten plush doll. Who wouldn't want my kitten plush and, doll? And we know that that is 100% the case, <laughs> but not everyone can get to your store. So maybe we'll just look at who might actually buy That's it. it. So like five-year-old <laughs> girls are probably more your market than say, you know, a 50-year-old Trady. So it's really thinking. He'll secretly want one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not going to take long before he's definitely got it, but for his granddaughter, though, right? Like yes. Yeah. Well, for our target market purpose. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of Graham and Mealybug. <laughs> so, yeah, so thinking about who is the audience that's going to most likely help you achieve your goal faster. So, again, if it's in recruitment, um, you know, what's your industry? If there is, if you're looking specifically for skilled workers, then you might go, okay, so they need to have left high school. They need to have done, I don't know, an apprenticeship's like three years or something. Yeah. Have some trade experience. That's it. So like, if I want them to have had their apprenticeship, had some experience that I'm looking potentially at this sort of age group or, you know, where do they might live, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, you might be happy to recruit um, like you might just want to be looking at your local area or you might want to send a wider net. Um, and remembering too that your target market, the people that you want to get in front of, advertising directly to them isn't the only way to reach them. So they've also got the influences that are around them. We don't mean influences as in like the Instagram, yeah. you know, kind of influences, but as in, um, you know, parents, partners, those kind of things. So, and again, harking back to that recruitment example, it's really quite common that, you know, if when job ads and stuff go up, um, like say on Facebook or whatever, it'll be someone's friend or partner or whatever tagging them in the post because they know that they've been looking sort of thing or that letting them know, oh, I saw this, you know, my niece, for example, is looking for an admin job at the moment. And so I, you know, I've been sending some things her way that I've just been seeing in my feed. So I'm not the target audience, but, you know, because she is, but I'm someone in her life who is, you know, seeing those messages, thinking of her and passing it on. So I'm also a, like a secondary target market in that respect. Yeah, definitely. 
So you, in that regard, you can have multiple markets and vary your message. Yes. So if you were talking, if you were recruiting, for example, this is an easy one, tradies, you, you'd stereotype them down to where they would be when they would be listening to like, if you were doing a radio ad, right? They're on the road earlier than the normal workforce. They're mm. listening to the radio during the day because they have that flexible work environment. It's on and off. This is their age group. This is their um, gender, generally speaking, not always. And this is the local radio station that they love to listen to so this is what we're going to target but also it's like oh hey his wife or partner you know might know that he hates his job or is not happy where he is currently so you can actually tweak some social media messages to her that targets around a time that would get her on her daily activities so mums are generally sitting or wives are generally sitting um in car pickup at like three o'clock waiting for kids you know scrolling on their phones and then 8 30 when they go to bed so by pairing they go to bed at 8 30 when the kids go to bed (laughs) you're like done (laughs) that's wine time yeah (laughs) um Yeah, so by pairing those two types of activities together, you're targeting two different audiences slightly or two different target markets with slightly varied message, but that creates your campaign. Yeah, and it's for the same objective still. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Cool. So the next area we look at is concept. So this is the fun bit that we, well, our team says that they like all the bits of a campaign, but obviously (laughs) there's still preferred bits. This is the fun bit, especially for our design team. Yeah, so concept development is basically coming up with what we would call the creative for it. And all that means basically is that you're going to be coming up with your wording and your look. So your wording is going to be like a tagline. Um, It might have a sentence to go with it to explain that tagline a bit more. And, you know, you're looking for something short, sharp, that's going to that you know matches your objective so it's you know aligned with that but then also that would appeal to your target market and then doing the design element for it as well so the look and feel and again that needs to work in with your objective and also appeal to your target market so if you were going to be selling the fluffy kittens then you know you're not probably not going to have something that's all like harsh edges and and industrial looking etc is probably going to be something a little bit more you know nice and sweet or funky or whatever kind of thing so so yeah so your design might be that you have you know you're going to use some real images that you've got um or it could be that you you know going to use a, a couple of different stock images to to set up your design or you could do a typographic design so that means where you just use like say you know, uh, color blocking and icons, etc., and the wording to actually create the design without any actual photos sort of thing in there. So the easiest way to do this is, or what we found, is to actually choose one of your activities. So once you go through this whole process of planning it out, if you've got an activity that you know that you're going to do, so for example, you might be, you know, you're going to use your social media channels to promote your campaign. And so you'll do it like use a Facebook cover to create that that look and feel first. So put your wording on it, create your design, and then when you're happy with that, 
that is then rolled out across all of your other materials as well so that it stays consistent in your messaging, in your tone, and your look and feel. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And we're not saying, like, if you're using a a photo or a visual element to only stick to that one. We're saying stick to that style. So Mm. quite often if you've done a photo shoot or if you're using a stock image, they can come with a library of other photos. You can find, like, that same style. So, you know, roll that out so it's all got a same look and feel. So Mm. like Jade said, you're keeping in the brand of your business, but you're kind of giving the campaign its own legs a little bit. Yes, its own identity. Yeah, exactly. So it still needs to match your brand as well. Like it still needs to um, feel like your business, but it does have its own look and feel, et cetera, so that it kind of, you know, just stands out and, and like Lani said, has its own legs basically. Yeah, because you'll know yourself. Like you might see an ad somewhere, but it's not till the fourth or fifth time that you're really registering what it is or who it is. Like unfortunately we're not all Coca-Colas of our industry <laughs> and get recognized straight away. So like we also haven't been, you know, spending that much money for that many years at Coca-Cola. And like, you know, they do evolve their brand every now and then, but Coca-Cola is still pretty much the same as what it was back in the day. It's iconic, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, you definitely want to create that recognition. Yeah, so once you – so if you, yeah, create one piece first that has your messaging, has your design, and get it to you when you're pretty much happy with it, and then that way everything else will be – like will just flow from that, and it just makes it a lot easier than trying to do multiple things at one time. Just get one thing right first and then use that as your base. Yeah. Another good one to start with is if, if it's relevant to what your campaign is, is a poster because you've got a lot of that information in there as well. More so detail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That way you can break down the rest of your content from this one big piece. So yeah, there are two to get you started. But leading into that perfectly is our next section, which is about activities. So there is so much you can do. We've got a bit of a list. So grab a pen or make sure you jump on to our website to check out the actual written out list for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's one we prepared earlier. <laughs> exactly. So this will give you some ideas of what might be relevant to your marketing campaign if you've got something happening next year. And like I said, this is not the end all and be all, but it's just some stuff to kind of get your gears turning, get your creative juices flowing. So, for example, with your design, if you were going to use real images and you you know, couldn't find something that you already had in your own image library or there wasn't a stock image that really kind of suited, you might want to do a specific photo shoot to create that image that you're specifically looking for. And then if you were going to be using video content as well, so for example, if you're going to be doing socials, would highly recommend putting video in there as well. Then at the same time when you're doing your photo shoot, do your video, you know, your base video then as well so that, again, you're sort of setting up one scene and you're getting as much out of it as you can. Obviously, you've got your email database because I know everyone who is listening has their email database and they're taking care of it, they're building it, they're nurturing it, they're using it. And, of course, harking back to our previous episode, whatever number... I think it was number 22, but don't quote us. (laughs) (laughs) On email marketing. But yeah, so using that database that already knows, likes and trusts you to put your campaign messaging out there is is generally a, a pretty common one. So your website is another one. So you're generally speaking, you'll probably look at adding a landing page for your campaign. So what a landing page is, is that short link, that URL. So it's our website.com forward slash 
exciting competition. <laughs> Brilliant marketing mind at work here. I just, I think that's gold. I think we just sell that to I mean, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the page where you're going to be pointing everyone to go back to about information about your campaign, your recruitment drive, your product sale, whatever you've got going on. So yes, you want to also put something on your homepage. We'll be updating our banner image. We'll be putting a call to action button, which is like click here for to buy, to book your tickets, to whatever your call to action is. But having its own page with its own URL, it helps you continue that brand identity and that campaign identity that we're yeah. talking about. And it kind of is just the home for all the information for people. Like, you know, if you've got ads running and um, someone sees a poster or they pick up a flyer or they're talking to someone, whatever it might be, it's the home for all the information. So like at the top, you'd probably have your banner with your design and your um, campaign tagline, etc. You'd have all the information. Like Lani said, you'd have a call to action button. So if you're wanting people to apply for that job, enter that competition, buy this product. It could be that you're just doing a campaign to build your email database. Mm -hmm. So sign up to our list, um, you know, receive this freebie, whatever it might be. That yeah, that landing page is kind of like the home of your campaign. But yes, definitely don't neglect your home page then, just because you've got that landing page already dedicated to on your website. If people are just coming across your homepage anyway um, and maybe not be aware of the campaign, then using, you know, if you've got scrolling banners or a static banner at the top, you know, updating that to the campaign for the campaign period, or it could be, um, you know, yeah, if you've got tiles or a right-hand column or something like that, like changing one of those to a promo about the campaign, etc., that then links through to your landing page. As a consumer, I've had this pet peeve myself. I've seen an ad on Facebook. I've gone, oh, I've scrolled past it, and then I'm like, oh, actually, I will go back and check that out. Scrolled back, couldn't find the ad. Knew what the business was, so I looked on their Facebook page. They didn't have any information about the ad and what they were doing. I looked on their website. They didn't have any information mm. at all. I'm like, well, that's a successful <laughs> campaign. Well, well done, done, guys. Yeah, if you didn't get it in that split second of seeing that ad, sorry, you've missed out on buying our product. Yeah. Sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, no, 100%. Um, and at the same time, too, is thinking about other collateral and stuff that you might have that you can update as well. So, for example... You know, most of us send 50 million bloody emails every week. So updating your email signature to your campaign and linking that through to your landing page, um, landing page as well. Yeah. So which leads me to obviously social media as well. So social media is not just about putting posts on. And remember, just because you put one or two posts up, there's very little chance that all of your audience will have seen it let alone remembered it. So you want to have a bit of a kind of posting calendar worked out um, and not just obviously spouting the same thing over and over again, but pulling out different elements. And like Lani said, it could be, if you know, if you had a concept that was using stock image and you had like libraries, you might use different images each time sort of thing. And, you know, putting the wording in the image, putting the wording in the post, like just playing with it sort of thing. But with social media, you also have your covers. So your page covers, got your ads, you've got stories, you've got reels. So all of that can be worked out on your calendar as to how um, you're going to promote it on socials. It's not just about chucking up a couple of posts and you're done. And like Lani said, even if you're not going to be running Facebook ads, 
it is sort of frustrating to sort of see a, a, a campaign or have heard about it and go to the Facebook page. And obviously, you're not only going to be posting about the campaign. So when you're posting other stuff, your campaign messaging, if I'm actually there, I could, you know, could get lost sort of thing. So doing a pinned post yeah. as well during the campaign time. Yes, you've got your cover there, but I find a pinned post is something people don't necessarily, like most people wouldn't click into a cover and see the, you know, link a, or whatever. A lot sort of, thing. of people don't put information on in the cover. Yeah, in the cover I, that's just me that likes comment. to edit the comment yes. for the covers. No, well. it's not. You've ingrained it in me. It's <laughs> <laughs> two of us. But yeah, so having that pin post makes it, again, it's just trying to make it really easy for people to help you achieve your objective. That's yeah, all. Putting it right in front of them. But don't forget to unpin that post when it's no longer relevant. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I've gone through client pages before randomly and just been like, oh, that was from like two years ago unpin that i've got to the point where i want to message some pages and be like this is not relevant <laughs> update it do yourself a favor uh, see that's what happens when you really get when marketing is life and you just can't help you can't unsee things you know no you cannot so again that leads us into a digital ad so yes you've got like your social media ads you can do so linkedin um ads manager on facebook um, you've also got YouTube, uh, you've got Google search, Google display, you could be doing Spotify, um, you know, so there's all different kinds of platforms and stuff for how you can be doing digital ads that might suit your audience, suit your message and suit your budget. Print material as yeah. well is another one. So one of the big things with print that we kind of get from clients is people like, oh, I want to get a brochure done up and it's like, okay, cool. Because they just want something physical with their information. Yeah. But we just need to take it a little step further and actually think about who is going to be reading that and what context are they going to be reading it in. So like how are you getting it into your consumer's hands? That's really? it. So if you're going to be distributing it through direct mail, for example, it's going to be with a bunch of other advertising materials. So you need to stand out from that, whether you make it a different shape, um, it's a texture, you might actually put it in an envelope so they need to open it, you know, so it's thinking about that delivery. Or it could be that you're going to have the brochures or printed posters or whatever, like up at um, local cafes and eateries like those kind of high traffic areas again if they're going to be seeing it there think about what else is going to be there at the same time it's like okay there's going to be like say you know some cafes might only allow people to put dl flyers there so if you've got a dl flyer how can you make it stand out to be different from the others and that might be with your visual your your actual stock material or it might be like you're offering a discount or a promotion for that campaign so you can get them into the door and if that's like you know the primary message make sure that that's prominent etc on the deal like don't put a heap of text onto a flyer and expect that people are going to read all of it. Like the first thing you need to do is actually grab their attention and no one's attention is ever grabbed by just a big chunk of text. A discount definitely grabs my attention. <laughs> <laughs> it also with other printed material um, is thinking about your lead times and stuff as well. And we will get to the timeline part of it, but is just to be realistic that if you're going to be doing a campaign, you do need to leave yourself enough time. Like, so say you were wanting to get, you're doing an event and you wanted to get one of those big, massive media walls, you know, that's not going to happen in a week. So you've got to, if those, though, if you are wanting to get stuff actually produced um, or could be merch, corporate gifts, that kind of thing, then actually thinking about what those lead times will be, especially at the moment where materials and freight and stuff are, um, are you know, not as... 
They're a bit ambiguous. Yeah, it's all a bit over the place at the moment. So it's um, definitely something to think about ahead of time. So something else that can work for you might be signage. So you've got obviously your digital and your static billboards. Um, it could be, you know, if you're recruiting for tradies and stuff, then you might be putting, you know, billboard like go for billboards that are like say along the highways to the mines and stuff because, you know, for drive and drive out. Or it could be that you're looking to put billboards, uh, user billboards that are around um, construction areas. So where there's new residential developments and stuff being built because there's a lot of tradies driving in and out there as well. So thinking about, you know, it's not just I want to do a billboard. It's like, well, who is your audience? Where are they? What are their habits? And how do you reach them? That's how you choose your activities. It's not what you want. It's how you're going to get in front of them. Um, That still matches your message and your budget. Um, other signage opportunities are also shopping centres. So, you know, we were talking before just about mums. Um, you know, school holidays time is a great time to capture mums in shopping centres. Like that's, you know, quite a common thing. You know, the Christmas rush as well. So that shopping period, November to December. So and shopping centres have all different types of signage options and heat mapping and all kinds of things as well to make sure that you like it is more expensive. But, you know, it could, if it gets you what you exactly what you want and you do it really well, then it could give you a massive return on what you're looking for. Just in general, outside of like end of year and Christmas season is like a lot of the shopping centres now, even like small grocery stores have those digital floor sides. Mm. So they're not much bigger than you stand. Um, but like as soon as you come out of Woolworths or Coles or your supermarket, there's a sign. So, you know, you're hitting a lot of people in those areas. It's definitely worth checking them out. And some of those things are way more affordable than you realize as well. Like those little plazas and stuff. Like, yes, the shopping centers get a lot of people and everything too. But if you're like targeting even kind of certain areas or neighborhoods and stuff, look at their little local shopping plaza or center or whatever to see what advertising options are there. Don't just think of like the big centers that you know about. Signage is also good at the airport. You've got cinema advertising as well. And then there's your office too. Um, If you actually have a physical location, make sure that you use that during your campaign period as well. So if it's the brochures, the flyers, you might get some kind of cool core flute cutout thing that really grabs people's attention and it's holding the brochures or something, you know, like make use of your space. (laughs) Yeah, if your space, if your office space is somewhere that you don't get a lot of actual foot traffic, but you have a big notice board outside, you know, utilize that space or, you know, like Jade said, that is some way you can do something funky or eye-catching. Like it doesn't have to to be somewhere people actually walk past to pick something up mm-hmm. it's that brand recognition again yes 100 then you've got your traditional ones as well obviously so radio tv press and they normally have digital options and everything as well so when you're looking you know if you're um, talking to sales reps at those media outlets is really to make sure that um, whatever package they're putting together it's not just, oh, this sounds really good or I'm going to get, you know, 100 commercials or whatever it is. You know, look at where it's going. Look at who it's reaching. That's what's m- the most important thing. Um, so if you've got, you know, 100 TV ads but they're in really obscure late-night programming, etc., and you're trying to reach mums, that's, you know, not going to achieve your objective. Whereas the other spots, I don't know, what do mums watch on TV? News? Do mums watch news? I don't watch TV. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing to consider too. Is your audience even, well, that's it. With YouTube and streaming and all that type of stuff, maybe your audience isn't even watching TV anymore. We watch watch a lot of ABC Kids. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that sounds delightful. Yeah, I don't know great. why I didn't become a parent. I mean, <laughs> all this I'm missing out on. But alongside with your traditional um, media, like radio, if you're doing an ad package, to chat to your sales rep, like, do, can you do an uh, on-site broadcast or do mm-hmm. they have interview spots that will pair with this? Live crosses, yeah. promos, um, you know, their social media channels are normally pretty huge, so you want to make sure that whatever content they're putting on there that's associated with you is like really top quality to make best use of all those eyeballs any digital ads they have on their website as well they might be high traffic sites so it's worth checking into those extra add-ons that go with that that purchase for yourself yes 100 then you've got pr as well so for example if you were launching a new product or service or if you were doing an event or whatever you might actually do a media launch as well so you know work out a bit of a media stunt or something invite local media along you know, obviously you've got your media releases and media invites as well when you, um, you know, media releases when you send the story to them or packaged up with an image. Um, media invite is just if you're holding something for other people and you, you're letting the media come for free to collect some um, footage and do interviews, etc. as well. But if there is a particular media outlet that you really want to get on, so, you know, it could be that uh, seven news you know that your target market religiously tunes into seven news instead of doing the scattergun approach with media and sending out a release you might actually just contact seven and offer them an exclusive so we'll give you an exclusive story on blah 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 just because it's exclusive doesn't mean that they're just going to jump and do whatever you want like you still need to make it appealing for them like they need it to be newsworthy because they also want eyeballs on their content that's how they get paid so it's yeah it's just important to think about with PR it's not just you know people are always like oh let's get as many media as we as we can there and it's like that's fine but if there's one outlet above all others that really hits your target audience go and woo them instead and if that doesn't work then use a scanner gun like, yes. like <laughs> if you try and don't succeed try try again <laughs> that's a very good point <laughs> And then, yeah, so another thing, obviously, we've been threading throughout this too, is that if you're having an event, so it could be that you've got a new product, so you do a come and try day, or it could be that you're, you know, having, like, say you've got a facility that does a lot of different things, and so you're having an open day, a family day, Um, you could be doing like a VIP client night, you know, there's all different sorts of events that can be form part of your campaign as well. Or it can actually be the campaign, like if you were doing like a big conference or a summit or something like that, then promoting it is the actual campaign. But um, events can also be campaign activities. Definitely. Okay. And so the last section that we want to talk about is time frame. So we're going to look at your time frame and your budget. So we've talked about a lot of activities that can give you multitude of ideas and where you want to focus your attention by writing out that list for yourself of what you think you might want to do, having a look at what the budget for all of those activities are. So costing them out basically, like if you're going to go, okay, I'm going to get something, if I'm going to do a direct mail out, then I've got to get the cost of getting it created, whether I do that myself or I get hire someone to do it. There's the printing cost, there's the distribution cost. So it's working out all those prices sort of thing. Yes. And then that helps you sort of whittle down what your actual activity list will be. Um, you know, campaigns are not meant to be money pits. It's meant to be strategic. So when you're having a look at what your objective is and who you're trying to reach, and then the cost of the activity, and that's how you can determine which ones are you think are going to give you the best bang for your buck. Absolutely. And something I just thought of is if 
this is something that you're going to look at using each year. Like you're, it's a reoccurring campaign. Mm -hmm. Definitely look at things that you can reutilize in years to come. So obviously the more effort, the first one always takes more effort, but if you roll it out and tweak it going forward, like A, you'll learn and see what works for you, but B, you're like, all right, well, most of that content is already written because it's the same, same, but a little bit different. We'll update our headline and tagline. We've got some photos. We'll take a couple more, but that'll be used again. We'll change the color or something. Yeah, so. you're building on what you've already got. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so once you work out what activities you're actually going to be doing from doing those costings and, and going back and checking your objective and your target market is then popping them into a timeline. So a timeline has, a, a, you know, most often we put it into a pretty simple structure. So phase one is prep. Um, so once you've done all your planning, that's actually um, creating all of your materials. So, for example, if you were going to be doing a radio campaign, then your prep phase is about writing that script, getting the audio produced. Produce, proofing that, approving it. If you're doing the direct mail out, it's about doing that design, copy, getting it printed so it's all ready, etc. You know, if you're doing or email marketing or digital ads, etc., obviously those ones don't need that much lead time. So it's pretty much just kind of prepping what your copy will be or outlining what you want to put in there and then whatever graphics you might want to use, getting them ready. So that's what we were saying before is about as far as timing goes, some things need a longer lead time and some things only need a short lead time. So that prep phase, depending on how you're implementing your campaign could be you know, it might only be a week or two, or it could be, you know, a couple of months to get everything together. It really depends on what activities you're doing. Yeah. So with your, for example, if you're looking at any of those signage examples we used or any um, media bookings or radio TV ad, you'll be wanting to like, when you're doing that budget is talk to them about their availability. So it might be January, but like, Hey, we're running this in April. Oh, wow. That's a busy time for you. Okay. I know that you need this long for me to book and like what your actual availability windows are so if you've got your heart really set on something it's not going to be broken if that's not yeah available a week in advance and that same thing with like like billboards etc like if that billboard's already been booked for three months then it's you're like okay if my campaign's flexible and the billboard is like a cornerstone element of what i want then you can use that to time off the rest of your campaign exactly. um you know if it's not flexible if you you know needed to do it sooner for other timing reasons then it could be then you have you can't do that billboard sort of thing so it, that's where yeah getting those props and stuff and talking to your reps you're also wanting to get um timeframes and if you're doing things like merchandise um, pull-up banners etc when you're getting costings um, for those items that's a really good time to also get turnaround times yeah. from um, the suppliers as well so that when you go to create your timeline you've got all the information rather than you going ah oh, it'll probably just take a day to print like a thousand brochures that's fine you know so if you get from the suppliers what those turnaround times and timeframes are for booking or printing, etc. then when you set out your timeline, it's a lot more realistic. <laughs> and so then phase two is your launch phase. So that's, you know, setting your digital ad live, um, sending out your first lot of email marketing. Obviously, you would have already set your web page, your landing page live as well. Yeah. You know, if you've got it so that you might be doing a radio ad, it might be timed so that it goes live for a few weeks at the start and then has a break for a few weeks and then goes live for a few weeks again. So that launch is kind of like implementation phase, basically. Um, and then lastly, phase three is your wrap up. 
So some campaigns have a more significant end than others. So for example, if the campaign was um, a competition, then your wrap up is going to be announcing the winner or winners sort of thing. And so that's not just, you know, going to be, oh, I've pulled a name out of the hat, send them an email, congratulations. It's like, oh, maybe you can live stream on Facebook, pulling the winner out of a hat or having the people there and, and they're showing their entries or whatever it might be. Um, you might send a media release out with quotes from the winner and from you as the competition organizer. Um, sending out to your email database, you know, so it's like how you do that wrap up part of it sort of thing. If you were um, hosting an event, Obviously, you've got the event itself, but then the wrap-up is really your post-event marketing. So posting a photo album from the event onto your socials, sending out thank you emails to all attendees and speakers, etc., with a link to your survey um, to get their feedback, sending out a media release with some really good photos about how awesome the event was, etc., and start creating a bit of FOMO for next year's event. So your wrap-up is thinking about how you're going to be closing up the campaign and then reviewing your results as well, because everything should always be reviewed to check if it actually achieved your goal. So yeah, so different activities will have different measurable results. So like obviously your website, you can view how many people have viewed it, like looking at your homepage that you've updated as well as that landing page. Where they've come from as traffic well. Traffic sources, absolutely. How long they sent there, how many people clicked through onto your call to action button. Yeah, that kind of stuff you can have a look at. If it's your first campaign, like you could probably correct me if I'm wrong, compare yeah. this to other pages on your website or trends on your website yeah. so you can see like, okay. Well, Use it as a benchmark. Yeah, definitely. Like, so, okay, well, we, that was 50% more over this campaign time than we normally would have. So you'll, you can use that um, to compare. Uh, you've got any of your digital ads, you can review your ad impressions, your clicks, your conversions. You've got mm -hmm. that data there. They're fantastic. And obviously, like if it's a product-based, a sales-based campaign, you can look at how many you sold. Mm -hmm. And so that's, again, where you might look at how many people got to the shopping cart phase and then versus how many people actually sold. If it's so, digital, yeah. Because like Lani said, if you're going to be doing um, this campaign, you know, repurposing it and doing it again next year or whatever it might be, doing it this first time is really about setting some sort of benchmarks for yourself. So if you go, okay, I had like 80% of people nearly buy my product and then not buy it. So next time when I run this campaign, I'm going to spend more time or I'm going to get some feedback. I'm going to send out to other people, whatever, on that actual shopping cart page about how I can get people over the line. Because you might find out, oh, it's actually that you have to enter your details twice. And people didn't like doing that. And so a lot of them dropped off. Um, you know, so it really helps you refine your process and stuff overall. Where our shipping options... Uh, you know, aren't preferred. So, you know, they decided not to go buy it that way. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you were doing the recruitment campaign, you know, yes, you've got to, you can um, review how many applications that you actually got in, how many that were actually qualified and shortlisted for it, and then what hires you had out of it as well sort of thing. So it's not just about that one final metric of like, oh yeah, we were looking for 10 people and we found 10 people. It's like, okay, we got in um, 150 applications applications 50 of them were really good and we got 10 so that again if you're going to be doing that recruitment drive in the future then that gives you a benchmark to kind of go from as well and you can see any red flags so if like you got 50 uh, recruitment applications and 25 of them were from Indonesia and that was not a market you were targeting you're like okay 
why did this happen? How can we How did they find us so that we were actually in spend, spending our money and time in that channel, we're actually spending it somewhere else? Yeah, yeah. So you can review it from there. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Well, I hope that gives you some exciting little light bulb moments for your marketing campaign planning for the year ahead. And it might sound like a lot, like, you know, as we go through everything, it's like some of it's going to seem a bit um, overwhelming or daunting or whatever, but it's just a step-by-step, you know, just get started about thinking what you want to achieve. That's a really quite a simple step. Anyone should, you know, know what you're actually trying to achieve. And then everything else really does just flow from there. And knowing that, you know, when you do something like this for the first time, you're going to not like make mistakes, but you're going to learn so much. You know what I mean? As opposed to going, oh, that sounds like a lot. I'm just going to keep doing my um, radio package and posting on Facebook and hope that I get what I want. You know, it's doing it the first time is going to probably be a bit more of a hurdle. But what you'll learn from it, you know, not just about how to do campaigns or, you know, how to, uh, you know, create good content or anything like that, but even just improving your own processes and website and all that sort of stuff for your everyday, um, you know, conversions, etc. Like there's just so much that can be can gained from actually doing a thought out, purposeful, strategic campaign um, and going through that process. Absolutely. So, yeah. I just wanted to reiterate, like Jade said, you don't have to do all of those activities for it to be a campaign. I wanted to give you an example. When we've done a workshop launch, which is usually five tickets and it's an in-house training with Jade or one of our um, senior team members in the office, that's usually a Facebook post or a couple of Facebook posts, obviously, Um, maybe a cover if we've got time because, yes, doing our own marketing takes time. Um, Nobody can time for that. Where we we add it to our usual EDM and then when we're like Jade gets a little bit pro faced going we haven't sold all our tickets. I did a Facebook post and I put a little mention of it in our weekly newsletter at the bottom. How have we not sold everything? I'm like, hmm, how about we do an e blast boom workshop sold? So that's three activities that we've done. You know, she didn't actually mention this example so that you could learn something. She mentioned it because she loves it because she's the one who sold it. No, I wanted to <laughs> compare it to a workshop that we do which is only five people at a time in the office compared to our copywriting mastermind that we've been running, which is a six-week program for people to um, enroll in. For that, we've we did launch a side business, I guess, the training <laughs> arm of the business, but we did a lot more marketing around it. So we, you know, we did the landing page on the website. We did uh, the Facebook posting quite heavily, the email signature, the EDMs, the specific e-blast. So there was a lot more. And did we do digital ads for that? We didn't, but we did do, um, I feel like we did not a reel, but like maybe stories or a live or something like that. Like we did some extra, like not just posting, but a little bit extra social fun. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a couple more activities that we did because that one weighed more heavily. Oh, we did a media release as well. We did a media release. That weighed more heavily as far as um, what we wanted to market. Uh, It was a bigger product in Mm -hmm. our mind. So we did more activities. We didn't buy a billboard down the street. That was (laughs) a little bit overkill for this one, but you never know what the future Not this time, but like next time for sure. Yeah. So a, a campaign can be as little as, you know, three or four activities. Activities, or you could be going whole hog and spending the really marketing budget. Yeah. So, yeah. I hope that's given you something to think about. Enjoy. Can't wait to see some exciting marketing campaigns next year. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing and Margaritas. Find more free marketing tips, tricks and laughs at rebelnation.com.au.